The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is iHeartRadio's Wells Cast with Wells Adams. You guys put on some cans, get off Instagram. Let's do a show that we don't really know what it is. Welcome to the Wells Cast. Are we calling it the Wells Cast right now? All right, Steph is, I don't know, somewhere else. We I, are live in uh, Las Vegas for the iHeartRadio uh, Fest. We are at Planet Hollywood, which is an amazing uh, hotel. And if you come to Vegas, you should stay here. It's great. <laughs> Got Dean... Unglert on the show. Did I say your name yeah, right? And I got Jared Heibbun. Did, yeah, I, did I say close. it right? Why do you guys have horrible last names? First question. I don't know. Blame my parents, man. <laughs> it's not my, I was born this way, okay? It wasn't my choice. You know what's funny, too? We were talking about our podcast. You said live from Las Vegas. Yeah. This podcast is not no, live. Not. We did the same thing. We are like, live from Las Vegas. Help, I suck at dating. We're not live. Not at all. But I know what's funny is I'm pretty sure I've co-hosted this podcast more times than Stephanie Pratt has. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that. But here's something that I don't think you know, that we did an entire podcast and then we never aired it. Oh, which one? The one that you and I in Tahoe. Oh, that never got aired? It never never made air. (laughs) It was so edgy. You couldn't, couldn't air it. What kind of podcast was this? It was me trying to explain to Dean what the hell was yeah. happening on the hills. <laughs> okay, it gotcha. It was the worst podcast ever. You know how every like very <laughs> successful TV sitcom, like halfway through their series, there's like a recap episode. You know, yeah. that's kind of what that podcast was in my eyes supposed to be. Yeah, but I guess it just wasn't good enough to make it the was cut. So bad. <laughs> we were so hungover. Yeah, it was so bad. But thank you for being on this one, which will probably also get cut. <laughs> yeah. So it's gonna be fine. Great. Um, I want to do something a little bit different. I want to, I, I feel like everyone knows your guys' stories once you were on TV. Mm. I want to hear what your guys' stories were before you made it to TV. Nice. And millions the most fascinating of, part of our lives. Yes. Um, I want to start with Dean, because I, I was listening to, I think it was Nick Vial's podcast, and yeah. you kind of got into it, and I was like, man, that's such an interesting story. So, um, tell us, like... Tell us from the beginning. You were birthed. I assume it was a water birth. There was a, there was like a midwife. Um, I was born in a bathtub. Were on, you really? No, I actually. Okay. Had no idea. <laughs> uh, born of immaculate conception. Mm-hmm. Also mm-hmm. not true. Uh, I was born in New Jersey at a very young age, and. <laughs> <laughs> and we, <laughs> I was the youngest of four. Uh, my father worked as like a plastic executive or something like that. I could be way off on that. Um, and then when I was very young, do you know your own story? (laughs) (laughs) He was an executive of plastic. I don't know. My dad did something. I was born at a young age, possibly in a bathtub or a hospital. One of the two. We were 
we were living in New Jersey. We had this nice house. And this is all just, you know, it's like a game of telephone. I don't know if any of this stuff is true. It's just what I've been told my whole life. Yeah. Uh, we lived in a nice house. We had this sweet pool. We had a lot of friends. We had through a lot of parties. We were like the cool happening family in, in New Jersey in South River. And then all of a sudden, my dad was like, hey, we got to go. Like something happened. We got to get out of here. Um, and my mom was like, well, no, like we have friends and family here. Like we're not going anywhere. And he goes, no, we're leaving. And I'm taking the kids with me. And my mom goes, okay, well, obviously I'm not going to let you take the kids. So I'm going to come with you, I guess. And then so we bought a big uh, RV bus. My dad like gutted it out and reno- renovated it to sleep, all six of us. And we visited uh, like 45 of the contiguous con- United States. Is that the right word? Contiguous? Sure. Continental United States. I don't States even know what that means. <laughs> of the the states that are not Alaska and Hawaii. Yeah. So yeah. You can basically drive to. Obviously, you can drive to Alaska. But so we visited all those. We lived in this RV for like three years. And while we were living in that RV, we were like super, super poor. Like we were the poorest people probably in America at the time, minus the, you know, the, the $40,000 RV that we were living in, whatever. But my father would like, uh, we would, he would like set up camp for a couple of days. And then he would like go to a light, like a stoplight and like panhandle for cash and be like, I'm trying to feed my starving family. We had like this big book of temporary tattoos that we would like set up shop, like a hippie shop basically. And like, hey, like buy these temporary tattoos because they're cool. And actually there were some pretty cool temporary tattoos. Um, so we were like super poor for those three years. And we would like, I remember one very distinct memory. I think it's like the first memory I have as a child, actually. I was, uh, so we were sitting on top of the bus and we were parked outside of a demolition derby and the bus was tall enough for us to see over the wall so we didn't have to pay for tickets. And so we were just like eating Oreos watching this demolition derby with my family. It was pretty cool. Um, and then eventually we ended up settling in Colorado near Aspen. And like, a, I remember we lived in this trailer park for like a year in Carbondale. Um, and that's how I have the scar on my forehead. I stole my sister's bicycle once and I tried to escape. But I didn't know how to ride a bicycle, and so I crashed and landed on a big rock. And I think I'm pretty sure you could see through my f- head into my brain. Or I could have just been four years old, and I could be exaggerating the story a little bit, which probably is more accurate. <laughs> um, and then we like kind of bounced around from house to house for a long time. My father like eventually uh, like got a bunch of jobs uh, as like a contractor, and then he like started his own business, and my mom started his, her own business, and like we kind of like got on our feet, and, like obviously went through life normally. And then I now I now I'm here. Do you look back? on that time favorably or do you look on it like as a negative portion of your life you know i used to look at it i used to be really ashamed of it to be honest and actually when i posted my initial like hey everyone i'm living in a van on my instagram i kind of mentioned a little bit how i used to be like super ashamed of like telling people my family used to be like dirt poor and like we you know had to live in trailer parks for three or four years of my life but now like looking back as a like a confident human i can be like that's like pretty unique and kind of cool Especially, like, the fact that my parents were able to, like, f- put food in our stomachs and, like, keep us alive during those, like, really trying times. Um, so I think that's really cool. I think that it's kind of, like, instilled a weird, like, nomadic spirit in me personally. Um, and I think, I, as you might have heard on me, heard me say on Nick's podcast, it was, like, this weird idea that kind of, like, brought our family together. And we were like, hey, like, we all went through this really crazy thing together for four years. We lived in an RV and we, you know, ate twice a week. But we're here and we did it all together and we all love each other more because of it. Um, so that's kind of like a cool thing that, uh, and it's, it's funny, actually, I was hanging out with my brother, uh, this past week and he heard that snippet from Nick's podcast as well. And he goes, yeah, you're right. Like I never really thought of it that way, but sure. You know, it's, it's interesting to think that we all did this weird thing together and that we have like that to like, kind of like bond over, you know, did you ever get a reason why your dad said you guys had to leave so suddenly? I mean, I've heard through like extended family that he like did some shady business deals and like he owed people money and he wanted to leave. I don't know if any of that's true. Um, also, the people that I heard it from don't really have the best, uh, the most favorable things to say about my father. So, um, I don't. I think it's kind of one of those things that I'll never really sure, tr- like truly know. But, uh, but yeah, I do know that my parents were gonna get divorced. But my mom was like, I'm not going to raise four. I don't, I don't want four children to have only one parent, you know. So, like, obviously, we're going to try and figure this out. And then, actually, before my mother passed away, uh, they were definitely going to get divorced. And I think they were just waiting for me to graduate high school. Um, obviously, my mother passed away when I was a sophomore in high school. So, I didn't. we didn't get that far. But uh, they, like, they hated each other, <laughs> basically. They loved each other. And, like, they, they raised their children great. Well, for the most part, minus me. But they like they were always like kind of fighting and arguing and bickering. And I think like they were only together because they knew that their lives were like their children. And that's kind of why like my mom was like, yeah, I'll live in this bus with you. But just so you know, like I don't want to kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Your your journey to find love on TV is has been, I think, tough yeah. to watch. Do you think that 
watching your parents' instability in terms of like their mm. relationship has caused you to, I don't know, push people away? Um, I, yeah, I've talked about this, I think, on my podcast, mine and Jared's podcast, Help I Suck at Dating, uh, uh, with iHeartRadio. If you guys are, haven't listened to it, you should check it out. Check it out. Um, I don't think that I've ever really had a strong, like, relationship to look up to in my life. Like, my mother and father always, like, didn't really like each other. My oldest brother was dating this girl, and they were always kind of, like, very volatile in their relationship. My other brother has always kind of been, like, a, a, a solo wanderer guy and has never really been in relationships. My sister um you know struggled with my mother's illness to the point where she was like dating sketchy people in high school like the kids that you didn't really like want to be hanging out with and so i never really had like a, a relationship to look up to and be like that's what a relationship is supposed to be like you know what i mean yeah um and i can't blame everything on that like i'm an, i'm a reasonably intelligent human like i should know better to do the things that i've done and when it comes to dating i just like i don't know there's like this weird thing inside of me that uh, I guess kind of is uh, averse to relationships sometimes. Yeah, maybe, and it could be because of that. I mean, I would, I, I would bet that's a large part of it. But uh, like I said, it's you know, there's not really any excuse for anything. It just is like, it just is what it is. I guess. Yeah, I mean, like it, it can be one of two things. It could be the reason why, or it could be the easy excuse that you give yourself. Well, right. And so if I, if you remember watching me on Rachel's season, one of my biggest things, I was like, yeah, like I want to get married. I want to have kids. My family did it wrong, and because of that, I want to do it right. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was in high school, I was always saying, like, I can't wait to be a father because I want to be the exact opposite that my father was to me. And mm-hmm. so it's like you can learn by doing the in- by seeing one thing and then doing the inverse of it is one way to do it. But also it's like you're you're just kind of uh, conceptualizing it. You're not really like you can't really put anything into practice until you're in it. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I can have this idea that I want this picture perfect family. But because I've never had one, it's going to be hard for me to, like, actually build one. Yeah. yeah, I think it could be a little bit of both. I think it could be one of the reasons why you are who you are today. And it also could be used as an excuse at times. But I, I, I don't think I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think it has to be one or the other. Yeah, that's fair. I, and like I like who I've turned out to be. I like that I'm a little more unconventional than most. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that, yeah, if things went differently, I, we would all be a little bit different. But like you could I'm sure you could trace things back to your child and be like, yeah, that's why I'm this way. And if it went differently, I could be like better in this arena of my ca- character, I guess. But um, I think everybody can. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. And then, like, obviously, my mother passed away uh, when I was 15. How did she pass, by the way? She had breast cancer. So she was diagnosed when I was 10 years old. I remember I came out of class. She picked me up from school every day. I came out of class and I uh, jumped in the front seat and we were pulling away and I like looked down in between the driver's seat and the passenger seat. There was like this book and it was like how to cope with breast cancer or something like that. Oh wow! And I read, I saw that and I was like, mom, like, why do you have this book? And then like, she finally like, told me and she had like been dealing with it for a couple of months, I think at that point. So she got a double mastectomy, cancer was gone. And then when I was 14, she was re-diagnosed and she then eventually be, it was terminal that time. And so she eventually went into hospice and passed when I was 15. Um, and then my siblings all didn't get along with my father so they all basically scattered in different directions to different corners of the united states and my father obviously dealt with the dealing with the loss of his wife who you know even though they didn't get along they still loved each other it's still like hard it's hard to deal with he like was back and forth to new york basically every single week so i was like living in the house by myself from 15 until 18 until i eventually moved out and went to college which honestly was fun it was like i could throw parties all the time if i wanted to the police would always come, but I, they would like be calling my father at like five, like four a.m. in New York time, so he would never answer. So they would leave a voicemail, and then so I would just get on his voicemail and delete the message because I knew his password. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, got, I got away with a lot that back then for for real. Um, I remember I got like arrested a lot. Like I got arrested once for like stealing groceries, which was kind of kind of. I got arrested for like drinking a lot as an as a minor. What was the What was the worst thing? Um, I got arrested as a twenty year old when I was in college for. I was peeing on a sidewalk at like 2 a.m. when the bars were closed and no one would let me in to pee. And uh, a cop saw me peeing, (laughs) whatever. And he he goes, hey, kid, stop peeing. And I go, I go, hey, cop, no. And I pull my pants up (laughs) and I start running away as fast as I possibly can. And I was running so fast, like faster than I've ever ran in my entire life. Um, and then all of a sudden, my body locks up, and I face plant into the ground. He shot me with his taser. Gun. No wow, way! Wow, you got tased. What it does that feel like? It was a deep shot too. Like he had to have been like thirty yards away from me. Um, honestly, I was pretty drunk. I don't <laughs> Great remember. aim from downtown. <laughs> yeah, shout out to that cop. No, uh, he deserves a raise. If he didn't get a raise for that, he deserves it. Um, I don't really remember how it felt. I was pretty drunk, and it was like two weeks before my twenty-first birthday. 
that's actually uh and then i went to the hospital that night because they were like yeah well you just got tased and you're drunk like we have to take you to the hospital yeah the hospital bill was like six thousand dollars and i'm like a broke college kid and i couldn't pay it so that's actually one of the reasons why i came out of college with so much debt was because of that hospital bill um that was the worst that was like uh i got charged with a couple different things but they're all misdemeanors and they're all like off my record now but uh but yeah that <laughs> there's like a whole long story i never like <laughs> tell it <laughs> do you really want to hear it yes Tell a short version of it, but I'm I'm curious. <laughs> okay, so I got arrested four times, um, all for underage drinking, like possession of fake IDs, etc. Uh, that time was the be- the worst one. Uh, I got arrested then, and I had gotten arrested like a year before for just like trying to sneak into a bar in Aspen with a fake ID. Spent the night in jail. Um, fast forward like three years from then, I was probably no, I was probably 22. Yeah, I said 22. So two years later, I didn't. I also have a, a big issue with authority. I don't like being told what to do, and I don't really like when police officers especially tell me what to do and, like, judges and stuff. And so whenever I went to court for those... Uh, the law, <laughs> the government. I yeah. don't like when they tell me... If that's what you want to call I it, can, yeah. I don't, like do. what, I don't like following the rules. <laughs> so I went to... How I went, are you not in jail right <laughs> now? <laughs> that's what I'm getting to. I don't like when judges, that's cops, government to. officials, the president of the United States <laughs> try to tell me anything... Um, I didn't do like, they were like, yeah, you need to do like 40 hours of community service, uh, in order to like amend for these rules that you broke. And I was like, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll absolutely do it. And then I just never did it multiple times. <laughs> and so eventually I got to the point where I just had warrants out for my arrest and I was driving, um, through Aspen with my brother and my dog and my Jeep. And you know, it's been two years since I've been arrested. I'm feeling good. I'm like, I feel like I got my life back on track and I flipped my Jeep. I like hit a rock going like 30 miles an hour and I flipped it over upside down. And obviously when you crash your car, the police come to report the accident. Yeah. And so they come, they're like, everything's okay. like, we were fine. You know, like we were in shock, but we were perfectly like physically. How fine. was the dog? So, so the Jeep flipped over and I didn't have a roof on the Jeep. And I remember oh, God. it flipped and I'll pull up a picture actually. Um, it flipped and it was like resting on the guardrail a little bit. And I remember looking over to my brother and being like, are you okay? And he's like, all calm. He's like, yeah, I'm fine. And I remember looking up and seeing my dog like fall out and smack on the ground. Oh really my hard. God. Is the dog okay? And she like, she was fine. She like ran into the forest, into the woods. Was it Nala? No, it was, it was Nala. Yeah. No way. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so she ran. And like the thing that sucked is my other brother came up because he like heard about it. He was like making sure we were okay too. But they, the cops took me because like I had two warrants out for my arrest. Yeah. And so my brothers had to like spend like the next five hours looking for Nala in the forest. Um, eventually they found her, but she was, you know, she was totally fine. She was just a little spooked by the crash. But the point is I, you know, they came and they ran my license and my registration. And they're like, yeah, you have two warrants out for your arrest. Like you, we have to take you to jail. And so they take me to jail. Um, they're like, your, your bond is set at like $2,500 or something. Not like a lot of money, but for me it was. Mm-hmm. So I like call like 25 of my best friends and I was like, Hey, I need a hundred dollars. I need a, you know, $50. And eventually I found $2,500. So I paid for my bond. And then they're like, okay, like you need to go to Colorado Springs where you got arrested and like be retried for this, for these bench warrants that you never fulfilled. Let me guess. Didn't do it. No. So I showed up. Um, you did? So I showed up to the court and I was like, hey, like I'm here uh, to like figure this out. They're like, the judge looked at me and he goes, so clearly you're not, he goes, clearly you're not going to do anything we, we give you in terms of like community service or fines or anything like that. So I'm just going to like, I'm just going to send you to prison. I'm going to send you to five days uh, in El Paso County prison, which there's a debate between a prison and a jail. Like, what, what is the difference? I don't know exactly. But when I look up El Paso County jail, it says prison on it. So I'm calling it prison. And it yeah. sounds cooler to call it prison, too. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on your definition of cool. And he goes, he goes I'm gonna need, you're going to spend five days in prison. Um, show up on Friday at 5 p.m. and serve your sentence. And as before he like strikes his gavel or whatever, the one of the people in the court, like one of the officials, like looks at me, I swear to God, winks and then looks at the at the judge and goes, yeah, but like he already spent some time in Aspen. So let's knock him down to three days in prison instead of five days to prison. And the judge goes, OK, cool. We'll give you three days in prison. Show up on Friday at five. You'll be out by Sunday at five or Monday at five or whatever it is. So I show up on Friday. I get there. I go through the processing. It's so bad. Like I'm in there with like drug dealers and like probably murderers like these dudes that all know each other they're like oh bill you're back again he goes yep i got clipped again fred and i'm just sitting there i'm like i don't belong Somehow here. i don't think their names are bill and fred <laughs> um i'm, I'm, I'm keeping it anonymous El, for my own El safety prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most anglo-saxon yeah names. i'm trying to keep anonymous Gary and larry <laughs> hey phil you're back again huh you guys got to realize these are bad people i'm trying to keep anonymity, anonymity yeah, for my yeah, own yeah. safety's sake <laughs> um and 
yeah so i'm sitting there the processing the the, the booking stuff takes so long and like they, they they just they're not in any rush to like get everyone booked and then put in their cell so eventually it's like you know i checked in at 5 p.m it's now like midnight probably um i get processed and everything i get my orange jumpsuit we're all getting like shuffled to our um like little cots with like our shackles around our ankles and everything oh my god and uh can I just point out that I'm trying to think of the most interesting yeah, for me to say? Because I have no idea how I'm going to follow this up. Literally in my head, I'm like, okay, Jerry, you got a speeding ticket when you're 16. <laughs> like, really dramatize it. The cop was mean to you. Uh, I know. I, in the middle of this, I was like, I should have gone to Jared first. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're walking, we're walking to our holding cells. And it's just like you see on TV where there's like the big middle area where there's like a picnic table and then there's like the room, 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 upstairs, room, 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 you know? Yeah. And I go into my room and it's bunk beds. My cellmate hasn't arrived yet. And so I jump on the top oh, bunk. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's no, fortunate. Fall asleep pretty quickly because like I just, you know, I was sitting on a cement block for the past eight hours in the prison basically waiting to be processed. So I fall asleep pretty quickly. Um, next thing I know, I wake up to someone like shaking me and it's dark. It's like, it's like 5 a.m. at this point. Someone's shaking me. And I thought it was the guy that my bunkmate, like trying to like establish his like his dominance over yeah. me. And I was like kind of freaked out for a second. <laughs> Actually, wait, let me rewind because there is an important part that I want to mention that no one believes me on either. Okay. When I was where when I when I was I being, don't believe any of this. <laughs> I was, when I was being fitted for my jumpsuits, they ran out of like the largest, and I'm like a relatively tall person. Yeah. And so my jumpsuit was like it was like halfway God. up my calf. And the other inmates were like dogging me for it. They were like they were like sick capris, bro. And I I swear, I like shot a look over to this guy really fast. Have you guys ever seen the new guy where he like shoots a look and everyone yeah, like steps yeah, back? Yeah. I swear to God, he was like, whoa, dude, like I'm just kidding. I didn't mean to piss <laughs> you off. I, he was intimidated I, of Dini babies? I swear to God, I intimidated this dude. He's like this, he's like this super rugged looking man. No, I promise you that. So I, so like I thought that my cellmate was trying to like, you know, I'm the biggest, toughest dude in the prison now. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that he was trying to like wake me up to be like, yo, I'm coming for you. Like, watch your back. Watch it, fish. <laughs> Turns out it was uh, this the, one of the guards of the prison. And he's like, he's shaking me. He's like, he's like, hey, kid, get up, get up. And I go like, what? Like, what do I need to do something? He goes, no, but the prison's like, it's really full right now. And we need this bed for like a real criminal. <laughs> you need to get the f*** out of here. <laughs> So kicked you out of jail. He kicked me out of prison. <laughs> so I was there for 12 hours. And it's like when I was leaving, I looked down and there was a guy sleeping in the cop below me. So I was sentenced originally to five days. I ended up serving just 12 hours. And literally everything was like expunged from my record. You know, like I, I basically got off by serving 12 hours in prison and I didn't have to do any community service. Or I had to do like 12 hours in my uh, university's library or something like that. But I've done community service. <laughs> it's hard time. But yeah, that's my that's my prison story. Jesus. Sorry, that's like, by the way, that's the most Dean story ever. <laughs> that like, <laughs> it just works out. Yeah, it just yeah, worked yeah, out. A couple hours. It really, and then like my friend picked me up, and she was like, "How was prison?" I was like, "I was honestly not bad." Like when you think about that story, he flipped his car. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was fine. He had a warrant out for his arrest. Got yeah. out of prison in twelve hours. Had capris on for his orange jumpsuit, yeah. but somehow was the most intimidating man in prison. <laughs> that's his maybe the dog, most Nala flew out of the top of the car. <laughs> Is fine. Found after a few hours, he was able to call all his buddies and gather up. That was one of the most impressive things. Don't don't you only get one phone call? Isn't um, that how that works? No, they like it's Aspen, so it's like you know. <laughs> hey man, oh, call, okay. oh it's take Aspen. A, take oh, as long Aspen. as you need. Yeah. Dude. Honestly, yeah. they like they were like, let me use my cell phone. You got you like some seventy cash? Yeah. phone calls yeah, up yeah, there. <laughs> Little place called Aspen. Yeah, honestly, and what's what? Like they, I knew all of them. I'd been arrested enough times to the point where they were like, oh, like, and my brothers, like, they've been arrested a lot too. So like, our family's pretty well known in that valley for like, you know, kind of running in with the law. There's another time, uh, I was out. It's like a, the Baker Boys. Or the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's another time I was out at a concert and uh, I like after the show was over, I was like out too late. I was like 18 at the time, got arrested that night and um, I got arrested. I spent the night in the Aspen County like holding cell, woke up the next day. It was my first day back at my job at the hot at the hotel that I worked at. My first I like, was like a valet slash bellman. The very first car that I valeted. I was like still kind of, I guess, hung over or something. And so I wasn't thinking clearly. Rear-ended a, a bus, like super, <laughs> totaled the car. It was like an Audi Q5. It was like a very nice car. Totaled the car. And then I like go, I like go up to the, <laughs> I like go up to, and it was entirely my fault too. Like it was just me being careless. I go up to the front. I'm like, hey, like I just crashed this car. And they're like, okay, well, 
like we're you're fired. <laughs> and I go, I go, Duh. and I go. Well, no, I, like I don't want to be fired. Like I still want to work here. And so they let me work out the rest of the winter break. There. Are you still what valet company was <laughs> this? Then, I don't want to be fired. They, they let me. Oh, finish. okay, never mind. You don't want to oh, be cool, fired. Cool, cool. All right, they it's Aspen. They let me finish. It's fine. They you get like, 70 phone calls in jail. <laughs> you crash an Audi while you valet. We'll let you work for the winter. They were like, you can finish out until you go back to school. But once that's done, like, you're not going to work here ever again. Like, like <laughs> legally, you can't work here anymore. So I was like, that sucks. But OK, thank you for letting me finish. <laughs> and then I like come back for summer to back to Aspen. I'm like trying to find a job, but I can't figure out like where I'm going to work. And then eventually I got a call from my former employer at that hotel. And they're like, hey, like. Do you want your job back? <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. I was like, yeah, like I'm literally on my way to an interview right now, but I would definitely like take it back in a heartbeat. <laughs> and so that worked out too. But that was like one of the worst uh, 24 hours of my life at that point as an 18-year-old. You know, I, I got arrested, uh, went sl- stayed the night in jail, woke up that morning, went to work, crashed a car, and got fired. Like that's a really bad sequence of events yeah. for an 18-year-old. Wait, you got arrested after the concert? Yeah. What'd you get arrested for again? Um, I can. I mean, I can tell that story too. Yeah. So <laughs> we're changing the name of the show Bruh. to the Dean Cast. <laughs> um, I was 18. This girl that I was like really had, had a big crush on. She was 17, so she was technically a minor. Uh, and we were hanging out after the show. Oh and we were hanging out after the show. Like we were like it was just us two. It was like two or thirty or three in the morning. Technically speaking, by the law, <laughs> which I can hate, <laughs> she was a minor. <laughs> The judge tried to tell me that she was some sort of minor. I didn't listen. We were hanging out after the show. Oh my god! Like on the step, like like on the steps, like on the steps to like a McDonald's, the only McDonald's in Aspen. We were just like hanging there, just like talking, like like hanging out, not doing anything illegal, Jared. And (laughs) and and some cops come up and they're like, "Hey, like, what are you kids doing?" And we were just like, "Oh, we're just hanging out." And they go, "Okay, like, uh, well, if you do, you guys know who this girl is um, because her." father called her in missing she was supposed to be home like at midnight and she's not there she's not answering her phone and her father is worried about her her name is blah 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 and we both were like no like we have no idea where she could possibly be we'll let you know if we see her um it took like she was the girl that was missing her father called this girl in missing and we were like pretending like we didn't know who she was cops uh, and co- she was standing right there yes and she was like that's like i don't know who that is it's, it's definitely not me even yeah it was so she was like in on it um, and then the cops came back like an hour later and they were like, okay guys, like we're wise to your tricks. We know that you're the girl that's missing. Like come with us. Everything's gonna be fine. Like you just de- like Dean, you go home. Um, and I was like in a business law class or something as a freshman in college. And I like thought that I knew the law better than anyone in the world. So I was yeah. like fighting the cops. I was like, I know my rights. I'm allowed to be here. Don't you dare take me away right now. And they're, they were like, okay, well like clearly you're belligerently drunk. Um, you're going to go to jail now. <laughs> and so I had to go to jail for that. And that kind of sucked. And I, yeah, there's like a lot more to it that I maybe don't feel comfortable speaking on publicly. Well, how long were you in jail for? Just the night. And then I woke up the next day and crashed the car. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then... Got fired, but then cried Cra- and didn't get no, fired. For the record, I didn't crash. Crashed. Crashed. Yeah. At an A4. Yeah, a Q5. a Q5. Q5. That fired, then begged for the job back, the thing- got it back for a couple months, and then got rehired again yes, next year. It worked summer. out very well for me. And then the, the thing that I felt most badly about with that is when you valet cars in a nice resort town like Aspen, they're almost always rental cars. Nine times out of ten, it's going to be yeah. a rental car. The Audi was like someone's personal car, which I felt really guilty for. Yeah. You know, like you totaling a rental car, big deal. Insurance covers that. But like a person, like imagine if someone totaled your Land Cruiser when they were valeting it or something. You'd feel yeah, you'd be very angry. Yeah. So that's that's the worst of that story. All right. How fast were you going that you totaled the car while valeting it? Well, it was in December, so there was like snow on the road. So I was probably going like okay. twenty. I hit, tried to hit the brakes too late, and I slid on some ice, and I rear-ended it. Yeah. Um, and you know, like it, it doesn't take much to really like put I a guess, big dent yeah. in the car. But uh, yeah, that's those are two of my arrest stories for you guys. Um, okay, that was some of the funniest stuff I've ever had on any of my shows. That was fantastic. I mean, I literally. Like belly laughing in the middle of that. <laughs> so, Dean, Dean, nobody knows who you are. I know, yeah. dude. You are just an enigma, man. You want to know what, too? It's like, uh, <laughs> what? What else could you possibly add? <laughs> I literally don't have to do anything on this show. Keep well, going. Well, the funny thing is, it's like I, I've known I've been this like dirtbag my whole life. Like I've just been poor my whole life, and I've been arrested so many times, whatever. But then when the Bachelorette was airing, um, and I think I've talked about this candidly on our podcast too. 
there was like, uh, you know, People Magazine was like, Dean was arrested as a minor. And I was like so ashamed and embarrassed by it. And I was like, oh my gosh, everyone's going to know I got an MIP when I was 19 years mm-hmm. old. But now I'm like, I, I don't see the point in hiding it. And like everyone was like making me out to be like this really nice choir boy, angelic kid. And I was like, well, no, I'm not really that guy. But now I like after the whole paradise the first time around, I can just not have to worry about that stuff. I just yeah. speak about everything that's happened to me, <laughs> you know? Well, you have a very interesting story, dude. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, good luck, Jared, in following <laughs> I, that well, story. I, yeah, I mean, maybe we should. Well, Derek walked in. Maybe we could have, like, a, a bigger conversation. What am I going to say? You know, I was born middle class. My parents raised me, uh, went to college, got a job, got married, uh, grew up in Rhode Island, drank Dunkin' Donuts. There's got to be something crazy. Yeah, no, well, the, what did you do before you went on The Bachelorette? Got to appreciate uh, slipping the Dunkin' Donuts in there. Yeah, obviously. Of I always do. Shameless plug. Yeah. They still just won't let me promote their product i know and, and they asked me to do it oh you, and have, you were so mad i was I like it. what the hell is going on <laughs> i'm from california like dunkin donuts didn't come there until like a couple years yeah, Wait, you, you didn't try- even know dunkin donuts you only know duncan <laughs> yeah exactly. that's what you know i know so little that i don't even know what you're talking about yeah. is, it, is it shortened in the west yeah, they, coast they're changing the name to just duncan no more Dunkin'. he gets donuts. all serious for a second about this. yeah dude, <laughs> dude anyway name's changing jared's hurt uh <laughs> I'm trying to think of well, one of the craziest stories that I have is when I was down in Cancun, Mexico. I got robbed by the cops one time. And oh, that was really? quite intimidating. So it was 19, drinking age is 18 down there. First time, we're going with like seven of my buddies. We're going to go, all-inclusive hotel, drink, do the whole thing, right? So we go down there. Uh, I never really drank in high school. I was never the guy that went to high school parties. I went to two high school parties, one of which got broken up by the cops, and they sat us down on the couch and went one by one, be like, where are your parents out? And everybody knew to say, oh, my parents are out. They're not home. You know, so the cops wouldn't call the house. They get to me, and they were like, where are your parents? And I was like, they're, they're home right now. So he's like, call them right now. Get them over to pick you up. And so my dad came over. And you met my dad. He's He works at the correctional facility. So he came up and he's like, let me smell your breath. Oh, God. And so I breathed on him. <laughs> I'm already terrified. But I remember the first time. But he, I remember the first thing he said. He was like, well, I know you don't smoke pot. So that's good. And I was like, no, I didn't smoke pot because there was pot at the party. And back then, I, I'm sure it was you, you thought pot was like a gateway mm-hmm. drug back yeah. then, you know? I used to think it was as bad as cocaine because that was just the way it was presented to me. So that was like, so I never drank in high school. So this was the first time I was drinking down in Mexico. And we got, I got blackout drunk for the first time in my life. And we took a party bus to Senor Frogs. So we're drinking at the hotel. I get really drunk. And then we go on the bus and I start drinking beer. And I was drinking liquor the entire day. So then I get to Senor Frogs. And then, you know, those little tubes that they have with like red liquor in them? Yeah. yeah. Which Sugar. I didn't know was like 30 bucks for each one at the time. Because <laughs> this girl walked up and was like, do you want one? I was like, yeah. And I took it. She's like, great, 30 bucks. That was bad. But anyway, I digress. What's even in those? Sugar. Just, it was <laughs> it's terrible. Just sugar, and vodka. It's all it's sugar. Just, you're a drop have a of vodka. Yeah. <laughs> so I get to send your frog, start blacking out, and then in my head... <laughs> it's a slow progress. So I started blacking out. Started blacking out. Well, I will never forget that moment of not remembering... You know, I don't know if you guys remember that's, the that's really weird. Yeah, that was such a <laughs> no, but it's like so many layers to that. It's so many layers, but I'll never forget the moment thinking, "How did I get here?" Okay, and that was terrifying. Yeah, so you really have like rolling blackouts. Yeah, like blacking out, then like waking up and the blacking out. Brown out. I remember Brown I had out, a drink yeah. in my hand, and I didn't remember how I got in that room, and I didn't remember how getting mm. the drink, and I felt oh. sick to my stomach. And then I threw up in the bathroom. So I thought to myself, I need to get back to the resort while all my friends were at Senor Frogs. So I go on the bus, like the city bus, by myself to go back, thinking this is a good idea. I remember throwing up on the bus, and the guy next to me was like, oh, you need to get this guy back to his (laughs) hotel, man. (laughs) So I passed out on the bus, and I woke up to the bus driver poking me and saying, no more stops. So I get off on the bus in Cancun, Mexico, in this dirt road, completely black. No lights, no street lights, no nothing. And I immediately think, this is, like this is how I'm going to die. Because yeah. you hear so many stories yeah. about Americans dying <laughs> and, you know, like American tourists yeah. getting st- yeah, you just Getting hear bad like, stories. Quote lost. Yeah, you hear really bad stories. So I'm walking, and every time someone walks past me, I'm just expecting to get knifed. 
And so finally, <laughs> just afraid of everyone, dude. Honestly, because cat, it was like, like it was like comes out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, this yeah. is a guy who's He's been to paradise <laughs> like seven times. I know, I, I know since. And so uh, I walk, and then a cop car pulls up, and I'm like, "Thank God!" And they flash their lights, and two cops come out, and they both speak English. One of them says, "What are you doing here? Why are you alone?" I'm just, I'm, I'm, I was at Senior Frogs. I'm just trying to get back to my hotel. <laughs> the other guy comes up behind me, pushes me against the car. And starts patting me down and like reaching into my pockets. And he takes, I had my wallet and I had my, at the, the my disposable camera, guys. Yeah. This is back in 2008. Yes. So he takes my camera, takes my wallet, gives me back my wallet. And they just get in the car and drive off. And I looked at my wallet. All my cash was gone. All my credit cards were gone. Oh, no. And I, I mean, thank God they didn't kill me. And so that's, so then I'm thinking, so then a cab drives by. So then I continue walking because I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Cab drives by and I, he's like, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to this hotel. He's like, okay, it's, it's $40 or whatever. I was like, oh, I can pay you at the hotel. I don't have any cash on me. And he's like, no, you have to pay beforehand because apparently a, a lot of American tourists will get into a cab and then just run well, out as soon as they get to the destination or like five minutes before. before. <laughs> so <laughs> like you are the reason I almost didn't get back to the hotel. So then he drives off. I've done that before. And, oh, <laughs> anytime some Americans when they're abroad, this Dean, uh, the example is Dean. Yeah. <laughs> a picture of Dean. So I yeah, in every cat. Yeah, yeah, on the side. Have you seen this have man? Have you seen this man? He never pays you us. You have to prepay because this guy, is that Dean? He hates authority. Yeah. He wears capri pants. And he doesn't pay cabs. <laughs> So then they drive off. So I'm walking around, not sure how I'm about to get to the hotel. Finally, the taxi cab drives back, and he's like, get in. He just felt bad for me. Brought me to the hotel. So nice to him. And so got back to the hotel, and when I got back there, all my friends were outside, and they were like, where the fuck have you been? They're like, we came back. We thought you were here. We are back to the the bar looking for you. We thought you died because it was like four hours at this point. And so got back, paid the taxi cab driver. And then, of course, the next morning I go to my buddy's room. He opens the door. His jaw is completely busted up and bloody. What? And I was like, what the hell happened to you? And he's like, I got thrown out of Senor Frogs. Oh, and I, the, the, the guard like threw me and I faceplanted on the sidewalk. Oh. Oh. I was like, let's just get the f- out of this country because obviously we're not doing a good job here. Wait, that was like the crazy story. Where was your cell phone during this experience? Uh, it was at uh, – that got stolen too. Excuse me. Uh, or – where was my cell phone? That's a good like question. Before international, yeah, yeah. No, two thousand eight, we had cell phones. No, yeah, I we had cell Mex- phones, but I, d- I didn't have an international. I went to plan Mexico in two thousand eight for a senior, two thousand nine for a senior trip in high school, and it was very similar. Like no phones, we basically were just cut off. Yeah, wow. I can't remember if I left my if it was stolen from me if I left it in the hotel room. Did the cops steal your ID? Uh... Uh, I didn't uh, know. Uh, they may have stolen my license, but my passport. I did not have my passport oh, okay. with me. Okay, so you were able to get on a plane. Yeah, they said they didn't have to bring a passport, which, thank God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was able to leave. Mm-hmm. That would have been bad. You would have been stuck in the place you <laughs> Dude, didn't want to be. So and you want to know what? This story is a good reason to not like authority. Sometimes they abuse their power. Yeah. But also they abuse their power because of people like you, Dean. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, who take advantage of the system. No, 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 no. I will say the one, the cab story that I was referencing I was, it was in America. <laughs> I was trying to take a cab from Denver to Colorado Springs. I had just gotten out of a show, and I was like, take me to Colorado Springs. And he goes, okay, it's going to be $200. And I say, okay, I'll pay you when I get there. Yeah. And I was like sitting in the cab. We had gone like two or three blocks at this point, and I was like, I don't have $200. And so we had only gone like three blocks. He stopped at a stoplight, and I opened the door, and I sprinted as fast as possible. So it wasn't like the full drive. That's yeah, not bad. That's not that bad. Yeah. But I still, I was like hiding in a bush for like maybe like half an hour because I thought he was like trying to find me. <laughs> Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we got uh, Derek. And do you have an, uh, an arrest story? I don't have an arrest story. No. You, let's just let's just stick with just, the theme I of like tell a funny, crazy. Story. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've yeah. got an, I've got an arrest yes. story that I can tell too. So th- maybe the show is just we I talk a, about arrest stories. You know, I have a police story. Do so you? I have an avoiding arrest story. Okay. There we go. Uh, all right. Quick break. When we come back, I want to hear it. Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. 
Get Mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get Mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. <laughs> People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy. Yeah. Right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great. You see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back on the Wellscast, I have uh, Dean, Derek, and Jared all from The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise and, well... I want you to keep describing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where were you going from there? Well, I was like, I don't know where Dean, what universe Dean's from. Like, Jared's from like New Jersey. You're from Iowa. Dean is from Venus. Yeah, he's from wherever. Um, uh, what was the the alien from uh, Looney Tunes? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Marvin, Mar- the Marvin the Martian. You are Marvin yeah. the Martian. I don't know if I like that, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah it, you are Marvin the Martian if Marvin the Martian uh, was an outlaw. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. no longer an outlaw. I'm yeah. reformed. If if, Mar- if Marv had a record, it would be Dean. <laughs> and a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we've been doing arrest stories. Do you have an arrest story for us, Derek? Yeah, I don't I don't have an actual arrest story. I'm my my slate is clean, but mm, um, boring. There's <laughs> well, I can tell a, a, a party story from college when the police came and broke up the party and uh, well, we'll just rewind it. So I'll just tell the story. Um, so in college I ran track and we like we didn't really go out that much because I'd be really focused on yeah, that. Yeah, cuz you ran track. But when we did, <laughs> I don't know what but means. when we did, it was like the whole team we had like the whole costume party thing that we would do. So um, it was, I'm on a boat. Remember that song when that was huge? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on a boat was our party. So we actually (laughs) filled the, we got like a bunch of sand and filled this garage of my friend's place. Like from Step Brothers, that song? I don't know. Boats and hoes. No, no. no. I'm on a boat. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It's a Lonely Island song. Lonely Island. Great, great music. Yeah, yeah, Um, We had like, we got like kiddie pools, filled them with water, put them in there and like brought in sand, filled, you know, the garage with sand and everybody was just like, you know, it was, it was like tropical, whatever. And I decided I was going to wear, um, like in it, T-Pain wears the like, um, 
the what's a tuxedo but I just like didn't put a shirt on so I look like a Chippendales person <laughs> <laughs> I like I didn't realize that until the party started people were like are you just like a Chippendales guy I was like oh no that's exactly what I look like oh no <laughs> um, and side note you were a Chippendales guy yeah, I was I, pointed at <laughs> I saw yeah Derek pointed right at me I was it was awesome they asked me they were like hey would you be interested to do Chippendales and I immediately said Absolutely. <laughs> did you did you like work out beforehand to get the body in Chippendales like uh, ready? Not as hard as I wanted to, but yeah. I, I did for the, like the two weeks prior. I worked out, yeah. and then the day of, I didn't eat at all. I almost passed out before the show because <laughs> I didn't eat at all that day because I wanted to try to you know look as thin look as good, possible. Yeah. And then I in the green room they have weights and stuff like that for all the guys, so they're yeah. dancing before they introduce me with my shirt off. I'm like uh, pumping nice. weights, and then all of a sudden for a minute I like. I, I could feel myself getting blurry and everything getting fuzzy. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to pass out right now because I'm just sweating profusely and haven't eaten. And so then but then they were like, all right, Jared, we're ready for you. And then I immediately ate Shake Shack afterwards. Oh, my yeah. God. There you go. The, the pains of being a Chippendales dancer. <laughs> Who knew? So. Dude, that was so I had so much fun. Those guys are awesome. But it's crazy. Did you learn some new moves. Some good moves. Well, it was funny because the last move is a simple five-step thing where it's like mm -hmm. you go with the beat and it's like you just tap your each foot once, fist pump, and it's super easy. And they were like, are you sure you're going to be able to learn this? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I think I can do this because they were like, you don't have to. And I was like, no, I got this, guys. So I learned like a little, little move. But it was so funny meeting all the Chippendalers because they're all like – husbands and dads yeah. and yeah. it's just yeah. a job for them right but it, the show was fantastic i gotta admit <laughs> dude so I, because jared I, goes every time he's in vegas yeah. I, it was i was with nick was with me tanner was with me uh and they left the show think they all said like you know it's it is pretty entertaining because they just make fun of themselves too, and mm -hmm. they know exactly what they're doing. So continue with the story. Sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, that was a great, great side. Great story. Side That bar. was better than my actual <laughs> yeah. story. So, <laughs> thank you for adding me on. Um, so <laughs> the cops come, and there's basically like a hundred people here. Um, they actually like they they're they're just like nobody run. We're not going to get anyone in trouble. You all just need to leave. And one kid goes running. It was the only kid at the party that didn't go to school with us. It was like somebody's friend. So he wasn't on the track team with everybody so, else. Exactly. <laughs> the only one who couldn't so get away. So the slowest guy at the party <laughs> tried to run away. But like the party just broke up basically. And I like I was talking to the cops for, for probably like 10 minutes. Just, 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 just like, you know, they wanted to come inside the house. And same thing as you. I was like, I know business law yeah. now. And I was like... Oh, I will go and get the people who uh, live here for you. Yeah. Please stay outside. <laughs> like, close the door. You do not have my permission right, to enter. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then my friend's mom like worked at the police station, and the next day they came in and they were like, the cops were talk talking to like the other cops, and they're just like, "You guys, last night we had the craziest breakup that we've ever seen." This dude was dressed like a Chippendales guy. <laughs> they had a pool. It was like it was the coolest shit we've seen in. Small town Iowa. <laughs> they felt anyway. bad to break up the party because yeah, it was such a cool party. That's why they didn't want to bust anyone. See, cops aren't so bad, dude. <laughs> Look, I for the record, I like cops. I think they do a great service for this country. But as a 17-year-old boy, I'm like, screw you. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, I'm going to pee wherever I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as the outlaw Marvin the Martian. Yeah. I don't like authority. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you guys want to hear my arrest? Yes. Love uh, nothing more. Well, I've got a couple of them, but uh, the funniest one, so I had to kind of go back. I was driving, it was in college, and I was driving from Oxford, Mississippi, where I went to college, to Nashville to spend Thanksgiving with my sister. And it was like the end of 2015, I guess. It was like, so yeah, it was like November of 2015. Um, and I get pulled over in like one of those speed trap towns. And really, did you just go with the Jason Isbell? Literally, no one listening to this podcast knows who Jason Isbell is except for you. And I love you for making that reference. There's a great Jason Isbell song called Speed Trap Town. You should listen to it. Um, so I get pulled over. And first of all, because my name is so weird, no one ever gets it right. It's always like Richard Adam Wells. It's always like messed up mm. or Adam Wells. And so the guy wrote my name wrong on the ticket. Oh. And it was also, remember, it was November of 2015. So on the ticket it said your court date was, he wrote, in January 20. 3rd, 2015. Yeah. 
So I was like, this guy, first of all, can't read a license, and he doesn't know how to use a calendar. <laughs> so I go do Thanksgiving, and I come back, and I call the whatever town courthouse, and I'm like, hey, I got a ticket. Am I on the docket? And they were like, there's no one by the name of Wells Adams for January of last year. <laughs> and you're like, well, see you later. So I said, what do I do? And they said, well, you're not on the docket, so don't worry about it. And I was like... Okay, fine. So then, like, a year goes by. I don't... N- no one sends me any notification that I'm in trouble. And this was in the college days where I'm not proud of what I wore every day to class, but I went to school in the South, and so I was trying to fit in. <laughs> so it was just a lot of pastels yeah, just... and plaids that was going on. Wait, Andy, college days? Andy Bernard. Yeah. In yeah. 2016. Sorry, casual. sorry, sorry. 2000, 2005. You're right. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, because I was thinking, I was like, okay, you were on the show in 2016, so there must be some connection here. Yeah, yeah. No, and then you said college, and I was like, Wells didn't go to college yeah. in 2016. Am I an idiot? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, 2000, no, he, 2005. He, he went back to, to hang out with the college kids. Yeah, no. with all no, the no, pastels no, no. on. Yeah. No, 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 I, no. I blend in, guys. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I did not do that. I mean, he does still look like he's in college, so. He does, yeah. You don't age. Thank you. It's quite rude. So I was wearing, I remember I was wearing plaid shorts. And a pink <laughs> pastel Lacoste shirt. Sick. And I was driving past Sorority Row, and <laughs> I get pulled over by like a motorcycle cop. Um, and so he runs my, I think for speeding or something, or rolling a stop sign. And he runs my thing, <clears throat> and he's like, You have a warrant out for your arrest. We got to take you in. And so they handcuffed me, and I'm like, what, you going to throw me in the back of this motorcycle? What's going to happen? So they're like, no, we're going to get, like, another car to come get you. And this was right <laughs> at lunchtime, so all the sorority girls are walking back to the sorority house, and I'm getting arrested, like, in on sorority road. Nice. If you were wearing anything else, <laughs> they would have thought you were the coolest, exactly. yeah. <laughs> most badass guy in college. This is when Wells started wearing a leather jacket. Was exactly. That? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was the moment that I was like, I got to make some changes. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and I'm getting arrested, and, and, of course, like, a couple of the KDs that I knew, they're like, Wells, what happened? And I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know what gotta I Got to do I, some hard times, I ladies. think I said something stupid like... Follow the law, ladies. Like <laughs> <laughs> I was in a pastel shirt. Stay in school, kids. <laughs> Don't do drugs. And so then they'd take me, they'd take me to the jailhouse. And no joke, like, you know, you walk in, it's a small little jailhouse in Oxford. There's just like one guy at the front desk. And I no joke, no joke, he starts dying laughing. <laughs> and he was like, nice f- shirt dude. Oh, no. <laughs> he's like you can't wear this here you're gonna get hurt and i was like what and he was like put him in a different cell oh, so God. i had to sit in a different cell because they were like if we put you in with everyone else they're gonna, gonna get your ass so then i you know they let me out and i go to court and i and and they were like i was like i'm gonna represent myself in this matter and so they, I had to go up on the stand, and I was like, let me just explain what happened. And I explained it, and I was also like, same as everyone, like took a couple law classes, thought mm-hmm. I knew what the hell I was talking about, and I was a little bit of a dick. And I was like, it's not my fault the guy can't read my license correctly, nor does he know how to w- work a calendar. Yeah. And that <laughs> no. was not what the I should have said. <laughs> 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 that was not what I should have said. So anyways, I ended up having to pay like some big fine and uh, like community service or whatever. But Wait, that so was, how long were you in the jail for? Uh, like a couple hours, I okay. think. I remember I got the food. I was excited about the food. I was like, what, what kind of... The slop. Yeah, well, I remember it was like a, a white bread sandwich with cheese and turkey and the like the cup of veggies or whatever, a cup of fruit. And I was very excited about that. But anyways, any sounds like summer camp. Here's my thing: if you're gonna get arrested, don't get arrested in a pastel <laughs> uh, pink Lacoste shirt and plaid shorts. And that's it. If you're gonna take one thing away from this podcast, yeah, let it be that. Don't do that. I gotta be honest with you guys. This was like I've been doing radio since I was a kid. This has been the funniest show <laughs> I've ever it. been a part of. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was so 
freaking funny, dude. So thank you guys so much for being on the Wells cast. And welcome to the Wells cast. Welcome to the... He's got another one, folks. So, so it's, is it a officially named the Wells cast? I don't think so. I, We're I, just I, calling it that? I, I kind of like the name. I like the name Wells cast. I wanted, so we were talking about, let me get your guys' opinion about this. We were trying to figure out, like, what the next iteration of this should be, because obviously the Hills aren't going to air for a while, so when when the Hills comes back, then we'll go back to doing that show, but we want to keep on doing this. And I was thinking, and I was just trying it out today, of just doing origin stories. Like, how did everyone get to this place, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, everyone knows your guys' stories, um, but people don't know, like, I've known you for three years, Dean. I've never heard any of those stories, you know? Yeah. So I was thinking of like doing an origin stories yeah. podcast. Thoughts? Agreements? I think, I mean, the only thing is, Dean is so interesting. It's never going to live up to this <laughs> oh, episode. Get the hell out of it's here. never going to get better. <laughs> yeah, it's all I downhill. Should, it's all da- Why don't you ask your listeners for advice? Like, just have them email you and be like, what do you think? Well, you know what? Though? Like, everyone's done dumb shit when they were kids so like everybody has some yeah. stupid funny story i think that's great yeah i do like the idea of an origin story yeah, yeah. if it is because i loved you love avengers how, so of course i know <laughs> when they all come the together guy, the guy. everybody needs their origin story paradise was our avengers now let's 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 <laughs> let's make a prequel let's give everybody a prequel find out where they came from that's so I would true. watch that actually. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's so real. Uh, um, uh, I, I think it's great idea. All right, well, we'll figure it out. But thank you guys for being on the show. This is literally one of the funniest. I haven't had like a belly laugh in a long time, so I appreciate it. I know. That. I, I'm sad it's ending. I want to hear more from Derek. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Too late, I guess. I think you should Next do an episode. origin story, yeah, with Derek. I'm sure Wells and I will do many. Yeah, you'll be on again. Have yeah. you guys done any dumb stuff together? Um, I mean, sure. Have we? <laughs> the tricky thing about that is you guys have only really known each other as adults. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of your so. funny stories come from like pre-20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, fa- my favorite story of Derek was the first week of, and we've told this story a bunch, of The Bachelorette. I, Jordan got the first impression rose. I got the first group date rose, and he got the first one-on-one rose. Mm. And so I made a rule that if you got a rose before a rose ceremony, you had to let me get you drunk. And that was like kind of the origin story of the bartender thing. I would make old fashions for everybody. Oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. And because like if you remember, if you got a rose before rose c- ceremony, yeah. no one cared about you. Right. Like, there was no drama for you. Right. No one was making you do interviews. They were just like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so Derek, it, this was the beginning of it. And Derek and I just got blindly drunk at the mansion. Like None s- of us knew anybody. Yeah. And w- Wells and I are doing man chats for yeah. the very first time. And we're just, just hammered going, well, yeah, like, you know. <laughs> Love to me is so important. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like we don't know what to say to each other at all. There's no guidance. You know that there's there's like three cameras on us and you know the producers are just shaking their head. They're like, we're not gonna use any of this. And they didn't. Were you guys trying to be serious or were you joking? We were just blackout drunk and I, re- I remember being it was like the first week and yeah. I remember saying I don't even know her, man. Like how could I f- I don't even know her. I don't even know what books she likes to read <laughs> does she even like to read i don't even know her middle name does anyone know jojo's middle name and i remember megan the producer came up and was like are you mic'd up right now and i was like yeah she goes take off your effing mic and go to bed and i was like okay <laughs> isn't it so funny when you look back i sometimes think about how man i could have looked so bad from just not even but stuff like that being like how can i fall in love with her when i don't know her yet yeah if they just took that and put it, people would be like, oh, screw this guy. Yeah. The normal life stuff that like it's is totally fine right. when you're talking with your friends about mm-hmm. somebody new you met, but on that show, it's like the wrong thing to say. Yeah. So actually, before before I went on my Bachelorette, I watched a couple episodes of JoJo's season, and I remember you guys were all like singing songs about JoJo, and Chad was like off in the back saying yeah. that kind of stuff. He's like, why are you guys singing about her? You don't even know anything about her, you know? Which, in retrospect, he was so right yeah, about Yeah, 100%, 100% right. right. Absolutely. <laughs> that and the milk thing He was 100% yeah. right about <laughs> oh, okay. um, Alright thanks my, oh, I, I oh, got, my, my favorite story with Wells Is um, what it, Like it doesn't even involve you It's just something stupid I did at your house one time Okay um, Great. My favorite story <laughs> with Wells <laughs> Actually doesn't involve Wells Doesn't involve me. you But it's something that happened at <laughs> your house <laughs> 
I'm gonna need a black light in my house. Now. Yeah, and yeah. it was very stupid. No, it was just um, really late at night, and we we'd been out like all day. And I wanted pizza, so I go oh, yeah. on, I go on <laughs> Postmates and I order a pizza. And then I was like, "Oh no, that wasn't the one I wanted," so I canceled that one. And then I go on whatever other app I don't even remember Grubhub, Grubhub, yeah, and pull that pull the, that up and order another. So two pizza drivers showed up at the same time. <laughs> we were like, pizza. "Did you get a call? <laughs> I got a call. Did you get a call too?" It's like the Spider-Man meme with them pointing at. <laughs> Holding a pizza. <laughs> like, Wells is asleep. This is like 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> uh, I ate, know you. And you ate both the pizzas. Too. Yeah, I ate some of both, of course. Yeah, yeah you know, tra- live your life. <laughs> You're just living your best life over here. You know? Uh, Hanover Road. Awesome. Ain't nothing like pizza. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being on the show. This was uh, really wonderful. And... um yeah, listen to Help I Suck at Dating yeah. with uh, with Dean and Jared, and then listen to uh, the Betches podcast with uh, Derek and Kay. Okay. Okay. Bye. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my hosts as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.